This podcast presentation was brought to you by Blackledge Emulsions. I think that is just extremely powerful when women can trust their instincts, that can speak in their own voices. They know that the way they are approaching problems may be different than everybody else who's there, but that it's still valuable and it's a perspective that's going to help solve that solution. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Where We Belong. I'm Amy Miller, one of the founding members of Women in Asphalt. And today we're going to be talking with Secretary Leslie Richards, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation Secretary. Secretary Richards, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me. I know of all people, you are a super busy secretary, mom, wife, and I really appreciate you carving out some time today to talk to the women of asphalt. I'm very happy to be here. And who wouldn't want to be a part of the Women of Asphalt? Absolutely. (laughs) So let's just get started and get right into it. So just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to be the secretary. Sure. Well, as I tell others, um, the path to becoming secretary of the Department of Transportation is very different for, for so many of us. And mine is very different, too, from a high level always interested in environmental issues. Uh, That's what brought me into transportation. I worked for the EPA for a couple years and City Planning Commission, as well as a city development corporation. Then I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years. Came back into the workforce after having fallen in love with GIS, spatial analysis, and how I could do air modeling, um, as well as some real-time data analysis. But while I was a stay-at-home mom, the internet came about, and it was not a great time uh, to be out of a field that was tied to computers. So while I interviewed for some technical positions at engineering firms located near me so that I could still manage getting my kids to and from school and their activities, Luckily, during that interview, the person who interviewed me realized that I enjoyed communities. I liked talking to people. I could fully understand transportation issues and technical issues and translate them to communities. They gave me a wonderful opportunity to work on the largest transportation project in Pennsylvania at the time, which was the connection of I-95 with the turnpike, the last remaining piece from Maine through Florida. And from there, I fell in love with transportation and getting out into communities and seeing how we could improve those communities. Then went on to work for a civil engineering firm. While I was a stay-at-home mom, I got very involved in my community, helped run our township day, ran the pony rides, ran the prize booth. <laughs> and from there, I was asked to become involved in our park and rec board. I chaired that board for a few years, was asked to join our planning commission. And to my surprise, was asked to run for local office township supervisor. We decided to run, worked hard. We campaigned. It was my first introduction to politics. And I was elected to chair uh, the township board shortly after that. While doing that, went in front of our county commissioner board to ask for some open space money and to help our township grow and realized that there were positions of county commissioners that really had a huge impact 
I live in the third largest county in Pennsylvania, over 800,000 residents, closer to 850,000. And to make a long story short, we ran there. I was uh, very happy that we won that election as well and got to oversee our planning uh, development at, at this large county, as well as economic development and transportation issues. At the time uh, I was doing that, I met a gentleman of the name of Tom Wolf, who I now call Governor Tom Wolf, and mm-hmm. we got to talk about issues that were concerning to both of us, a lot of obviously transportation, infrastructure, and asset issues, as well as broader issues. And when he ran for governor, I was asked how I might want to help his administration, and we talked about a few different options, and obviously I'm thrilled that it worked out that uh, he felt I could help him most uh, in this position as the DOT Secretary of Pennsylvania, and uh, I'm just honored to be part of that administration for the last almost five years. Well, I tell you, it's obvious you made a good decision because I know that your state has won awards. I keep up with you and follow along with the things that you're working on. And just hearing your background, it makes a lot of sense in terms of the success you're seeing now in the various areas of PennDOT. And I think for women out there who are contemplating this idea of career women of staying home, not staying home, there's no right answer. But if you're contemplating it, thinking that you'll never get back into the workforce and regain traction, you, Secretary Richards, are obviously an example of that not being an impediment to your success that time that you took staying at home. That's just all great stuff. You know, one of our primary goals at Women of Asphalt is to attract women into the industry and to attract women to every type of position field positions, technical design business, and then, of course, leadership roles. Do you mind sharing just some changes you've seen in your career as it relates to women working in the transportation industry? Sure. I think, you know, to, to, to add on to what you just said, I never used to talk about being a stay-at-home mom because I didn't want the other people, and mainly men, to think I was a slacker, to think that I wasn't qualified for the job, to think that I wasn't committed or passionate about the work we were doing together. And I was really encouraged by others when I got this position. So it hasn't been that long ago. It's only been a little over four years that I've been talking about it, but it's obviously hit a nerve and it's obviously resonating. So I think it's really important for those of us who have not come up through traditional paths to our leadership positions to talk about how we got here. I mean, there's so many different ways and you never know what's going to inspire someone. And so that's something I talk about a lot. I feel as more diversity is around our decision-making tables, I feel like our voices are being heard. I remember reading a study many years ago that said you need to have 30% representation for your voice to be heard, meaning that you need about a third of the table to be female, for females to be heard, or you know, to be younger than 25 for people younger than 25 to be heard or for people from rural areas, you know, to be heard. And I see that because as we get more, and I'll talk in terms of gender, I mean, as we get more women around the table, it's easier for us to be heard when there are more of us. And that has been a huge change. We all have stories, all women, you know, in, in, in my age bracket, you know, who have been uh, out of school about 25, 30 years now. Um, we all have stories where I've been asked to get coffee for people, where I've been asked to take the most at meetings, you know, the traditional roles. I'm happy to say that doesn't happen to me anymore. 
but it happened to me as 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 recently as you know less than five years ago and so again i just think it gets easier for women um, to be themselves i think that is just extremely powerful when women can trust their instincts, that can speak in their own voices, they know that the way they are approaching problems may be different than everybody else who's there, but that it's still valuable and it's a perspective that's going to help solve that solution. Mm-hmm. So that's where I've really seen the changes. And obviously, it's, it's heartening to see those changes and tremendous support from men, tremendous support from the entire industry because they are also seeing those benefits. Absolutely. Well, I think you sort of answered my next question, which was um, having a diverse workforce, how it adds value. So um, I think it's important for listeners to hear your your opinion on what a diverse workforce really does to the bottom line. Yeah, um, it always helps to have a variety of perspectives presented. When we have problems, uh, we want as many solutions to consider as possible, and sometimes we take a bunch of different ideas, right, and, and to make that best solution. And it doesn't help us if we have similar opinions coming from every single person who's trying to solve this problem with us. We need people who have, you know, for instance, graduated from engineering schools 40 years ago. We need people who have graduated 30, 20, 10 years ago. We need people with planning backgrounds. We need people, again, who live in different areas, who rural roads are their their biggest concern, whose interstates are their biggest concern. We need to see it's not just, you know, age bracket. It's obviously where they grew up. We love an international focus as well. Race plays into that and, and different cultural lessons, roles and traditions that people have been raised in. Everything gives someone a unique perspective. And all of the data, which I'm sure you have heard me say over and over again, shows that when you have that diversity of perspectives, you get better results. And it does impact the bottom line. We're hearing, you know, a lot of boards now are insisting that there's more gender parity on their boards and more diverse makeups. They're doing that not because it's the right thing to do. They're doing that because they see the data and they want (laughs) the best bottom line, right? They have to either answer to their stockholders or to their clients or, you know, to their board. And everybody wants to answer um, with the best result again and again. We're seeing that diversity leads to those best results. Absolutely. What do you think has allowed you to be successful in your current role? Do you think about your particular attributes maybe as a person? What, what What do you attribute to your success? So when I ran for local office as well as countywide office, I was very uncomfortable with the public speaking part of it. And a friend of mine who also helps people with public speaking said to me, as long as you speak what's in your heart, it doesn't matter how you say it. It doesn't matter what vocabulary you use. It doesn't matter if your grammar is correct. And trust me, as somebody who always excelled in the STEM field, right, in in my science courses and my math courses, and while I got by in my English courses and I was fine, they were not the ones where, you know, the teachers were giving me accolades. (laughs) So I was, you know, uncomfortable. And I often would be hesitant to share my thoughts or to speak thinking, well, maybe I won't sound intelligent enough. Maybe my grammar won't be correct. Maybe I use words, you know, that a second grader uses instead of a college student. And once she told me that, 
it really opens up my world. And so whenever I speak, I just make sure that it's really what I feel. And I think that comes across, you know, people always tell me, you know, we love your passion. We love your enthusiasm. Those aren't usually words that are, you know, used for people in transportation. And I'm very, very proud of that. And I love that that's how I come off. But I think that's how you can truly share what's important to you. And when people believe that you honestly and genuinely care about them, about an issue, it makes it so much easier to, to gather support, to inspire others to join your team and, and to work together. And in this yeah. field, trust me, there are a lot of things that I cannot get done that I want to get done. There are a lot of walls that I hit and it's frustrating, but I can always pivot to something that we can do, something that I feel very strongly about. And I try to, you know, I try to stay uh, on that positive message and show others that there's always something that you can do to move us forward. You're never going to be able to fix everything. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. People say, and I personally can say that you come across as as a very humble, very uh, down-to-earth person. You know, at at the beginning of this podcast, I apologize to Secretary Richards because I actually addressed her as Leslie in an email. And thinking about it later, I thought, well, that was a very inappropriate way to address her. But it's because I told her I'd met her and she just feels like my girlfriend that lives next door. So, you know, we certainly have great respect for you. But then there's another level of respect for someone that we can feel like we can identify so closely with. So I think those are wonderful traits. We are starting a mentorship program in Women of Asphalt. So I'm just curious if you have ever had a mentor along the way and how they influenced your career. I've had many mentors. I wouldn't say I've had one individual mentor, which which I mentioned before, where I, I kind of jumped around and then I was out of the workforce for eight years um, and then jumped back in. There are people who have given me like really good nuggets of advice, like the one I just shared about, you know, speaking from your heart. There's others who have helped me, you know, not get bogged down, you know, or get frustrated in certain areas and just to be myself. But I've always reached out and I've always welcomed, you know, comments. And it's been from men and women. In fact, when I was applying for this job, I was uh, sharing the idea with a, a mentor and I said, you know, I, I don't live so close to the Capitol. I'm a good hour and 45 minutes away. And to do this job, you know, I don't want to live away from my family all the time. I'm not quite sure how I could do it. So I was thinking of not even putting my name in for consideration. And he said, well, just tell the governor that you will be there every day and your meetings can start at 10 in the morning. They don't have to start at seven in the morning or eight in the morning or nine in the morning. And he said, I know you well enough that you're going to start working at those hours. You'll look at your emails, you'll make your calls, you do what you need to do, but then you're going to be in the car and and you'll show up at 10. And when I mentioned that to the governor, he was all in. Did he? He didn't even flinch, right? And I would never have even thought to ask, right? Unless one of my male mentors had had suggested that. Yeah. So I think it's just so important when you see an issue that you just think will take you off the table or out of the running, talk it over with others and they'll give you ideas that you've never even thought of. And that's also something I would never have shared before, before just like last year, because again, I didn't want people to think I'm a slacker. I didn't want people to think that I wasn't fully committed. 
And we did do 360 evaluations here at PennDOT. And one thing I never thought I would see was the fact that I am in my car every day from 8 a.m. to 9.45 came across as a positive because all of my senior staff, as well as those in various positions at PennDOT, know they can reach me and anybody can call me during that time. And so now I'm seen as extremely accessible. And it was really just a way to get around, you know, how this job could work for me Mm -hmm. and how it could work Mm -hmm. in my work-life balance. You know, at the time, I still had two daughters living at home. I didn't want to miss breakfast with them. I know they're old enough, I'm capable, but you know, that's a special time for any parent. Absolutely. Um, when you have your kids still home. And so you can work around those things. And so just don't assume because you have other responsibilities that they cannot be, you know, integrated in a, in a productive way uh, with your professional life. Wow. That's really great. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And yes, thank you to those male mentors. I think we've all have had along the way because without them, we, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I, I can totally um, relate to that as well. Well, Secretary Richards, thank you so much for your time today. It's really been my pleasure in talking to you. And I know that listeners are really going to enjoy hearing your input and the the advice that you give. So thank you so much. We We appreciate having you on here. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. And I look forward to hearing what everyone else has to say. And really kudos to you for starting the Women of Asphalt. It is really important for us. I know we didn't talk about it, but groups like this not only allows us to share our stories, but really to network. And those networks are are so important. Mm -hmm. So really happy to be um, part of this initiative. This podcast presentation was brought to you by Blackledge Emulsions.